Well, this is Season 2, Episode 64, isn't it? Yeah. And I think this might be considered, since this is the midweek bonus episode, um, this might be considered the last episode in Season 2. So, with the weekend episode, it begins Season 3. And so, yeah, because the podcast was basically started mid-August, something like that. So, that's kind of where we're at. Three seasons of this crazy thing. Yeah, getting ready to start with the next episode. And you know what? The stupidity hasn't stopped. <laughs> In fact, I think it's gotten more stupid. Yeah, which means um, this podcast may be around for a long, long time. You big dummy, you big dummy, you big dummy. entered into my world, and boy, is it stupid. Yes, it's Eric Lane. Glad that you are joining me for the midweek edition of Eric Lane's Stupid World, Insane Eric Lane. Of course, it's got to be insane. So we've got plenty of stories for you to, um, well, um, feel good about, because all of them are true. None of the names have been changed because we're all guilty of stupidity sometime. You know what I'm saying? And don't forget, head on over to my Telegram channel because I'll post some links to some of the more stupid stories because I have to prove the real, okay? You can read the stupidity, share it with your friends, comment on it. You can get to that by downloading the Telegram channel to your favorite app, or your device, mobile or desktop. You can go to t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E and uh, check it out. And of course, you're going to want to share this podcast with anybody that's felt like they've done something stupid because, well, after they hear this podcast, they're going to feel so much better. And don't forget, we got the weekend episode coming up. It's dropped on Saturday with my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guerrero, and our insane game show that we always like to play with uh, more stupidity from Florida and beyond. But we've got enough stupidity right here just in the midweek episode. I'm sure you've watched the Olympics. Oh, you didn't watch the Olympics. Really? Well, neither did a lot of other people. Actually, NBC has seen the ratings for the Olympics completely plummet this year compared to 2016 and 2012 games. It's uh, actually been revealed, according to the network, that they've seen underwhelming ratings for the Tokyo Olympics amid a backlash of the athletes protesting the American flag, the national anthem, empty stadiums because of the coronavirus pandemic. Fox News actually reported that just 14.7 million viewers actually tuned in to the Tokyo Games during primetime. That's down 49% over the 2016 Rio Games, 53% from the 2012 Games in London. Kind of hard to believe the Olympics are over, though, you know? And you never got around to watching any of it? Well, hey, get yourself caught up from someone who hasn't watched any of the games either. This is an Olympic recap from someone who didn't watch it either. Huh? Me? Oh, um, okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, Beijing. Oh, oh no, no, Tokyo. It was great. Simone Biles does it again. The GOAT. And, uh, what's his face? Michael Phelps. Great swimmer. Swimming's in the summer games, right? Oh, yeah. Plus, the men's track team, huh? I'm sure they made Carl Lewis proud, but the best part was when that lady in the running bikini won the gold and wrapped herself in the flag. 
I mean, that's what it's all about, right? That was an Olympic recap from someone who didn't watch it either. You look, here's how low the ratings were. Most people actually saw Suicide Squad. Here's an idea that might boost the ratings, though. How about an all-steroid Olympics? That'd be kind of fun. Well, listen, I mean, with all those swimming events, I guess you'd expect some shrinkage. But I think this is a little much. Yeah, there was no skiing, but they still managed to go downhill. Let's just say the protests, uh, well, led a lot of viewers to withdraw for mental health reasons. <laughs> Ratings have gone down 49%, wow, since the 2016 Rio Games. I, I think the only thing that's gone down more is the Kardashians. Well, anyway, there is new a new wacky new limited edition swimsuit trunks that's hitting the UK. I don't think you're going to see these swimsuit trunks in the Olympics anytime soon. But it boasts a custom-made storage solution. This allows men, particularly, to go hands-free when not playing on the beach. The world's first swimmer is, uh, this is a swimmer uh, suit, a little skippy suit, a lightweight trunk that provides a one-stop storage solution for sunscreen, your keys, your phones, books, wallets, even cocktails. Head-turning ultra shorts, bright neon colors, and a 1980s feel are all aimed at the Gen Z crowd. Men considered, I'd say 18 to 30 years old, was probably the most suitable age to wear these Speedo-style swimsuits. What are they called? Junks. J-U-N-X. Here's the commercial. Junks. The only swimwear to come with custom-made storage solutions for everything you will need this summer. Hitting UK shores. Junks allows you to pack more convenience into your beachwear. Junks are stylish, lightweight, and feature a range of discreet pockets to keep all your prized possessions within reach. Need to slip, slap, slop? Load up with sun cream. Keep your sizzling summer book within reach. Keep your hydration close to hand as you peruse the promenade. So, Junks Swimwear was created because a survey found four out of ten men in the UK prioritized functionality when choosing a swimsuit. Isn't that the male thing to do, right? About a quarter of the 2,000 men surveyed had their belongings lost or stolen while traveling to the pool or beach. 56% wished that there was a more practical way to carry the items when wearing a swimsuit. Here's the catch. Uh, you store your junks in near your junk in a pouch. Really, I'm serious. I, we'll, we'll post the picture in the Telegram channel. Man, you know, I think I should maybe get a pair. The thing is, the you're going to start seeing, you know, 65-year-old men wearing junks, and that's not a good thing. Too much junk in the trunk, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That would scare a lot of people, I'm afraid. You see a guy coming with a really big pouch right there, down there, you know? Well, not nearly as scary, though, as what, uh, what one mother did. I mean, look, it's one thing to go all out for your kid's birthday party, but it's another level of stupidity when you try to scare the jelly beans out of them. A mother in Oklahoma was hosting a birthday party for her six-year-old girl. And, uh, well, she was a little bummed because her plans for a cake fell through. So she comes up with this rather bizarre backup plan. She hires Mrs. Bigfoot, a.k.a. Cinnamon, who would be in costume and would surprise the kids by peeking in the windows at the party. Ooh. And despite what this might sound like, uh, this performer is not a stripper. But here's the moment that the kids saw Bigfoot and her mom, Brett, talking about why she thought it would 
might be a good idea. Whoa, whoa. I'm like, oh, this will be cute and fun. My kids didn't really have that reaction. I would just recommend it for a good time. Obviously, by the video, my kids thought so too. They don't want her to come back though. So Mrs. Bigfoot shows up. The kids were immediately mortified and started screaming and running around crying. Mrs. Bigfoot then went into the house and the kids eventually warmed up to her a little, but mom says the kids still say they never want to see her again. Mrs. Bigfoot arrived with balloons, wearing a tutu, a bow in her hair. So the mom says she thought it would be kind of cute and fun, but the kids didn't have that reaction. Sound like fun? Oh yeah. Well, you can also hire the pros. Want your child to remember their birthday party forever? Then hire Unforgettable Kids Parties. Your kids will scream with delight when they get a visit from Bigfoot or take a swim in the Titanic-themed swimming pool. Where we use a real hunk of ice to represent the iceberg and simulate the cold ocean water. They'll jump for joy in the Hindenburg Bouncy House. There's even the Three Mile Island Petting Zoo with glow-in-the-dark costumes and crazy three-headed rats. A birthday party guaranteed to be etched in their minds. They won't forget their special day, and neither will you. I don't know. That, uh, to me, that would be a, a, a cruel trick to play on a, a, a birthday party. I don't know. Who, who thought Who thought bringing in Bigfoot to a six-year-old girl's birthday party was even a good idea? I don't know. I, I, I think, I don't know, maybe dressed up as a kitty cat. That might be good. You wouldn't scare the kids. Well, I don't know. That might sound kind of lame as a big pussycat coming for a six-year-old birthday party, but this might be just as lame or even lamer. I don't know, would you go to this if they did this in your neighborhood? They do it in Minneapolis every year, where a guy named John Edward, he organizes, and this is for real, a cat tour. Yeah, a cat tour. People walk around looking at the cats in the windows. Yeah, that kind of reminds me, when I lived up in Northwest Pennsylvania, they did things around Christmas time called, they went treein'. Uh, yeah, you, you know, you don't go out looking for Christmas trees. You go and look at everyone's Christmas tree in their house. You come to their house and say, hey, I want to come look at your Christmas tree. Of course, that's not the real object. The object is when, when you're admiring your friend's Christmas tree, they ask if you want to drink. Yeah, you know, a little shot here, a shot there. And after a night of Christmas tree, and yeah, you're not really in any shape to drive home. Well, anyway, this cat tour was a huge, a huge success in Minneapolis. 300 people shows up for the cat tour. Now, by the way, it is a walking tour, so everybody follows the same route. And there were about 40 cats in the cat tour this year. Their owners had to apply online to be a part of it. Now, uh, John Edward says that last year's event was virtual and, well, basically nobody watched. So now he's glad to see people back out there. He originally started this whole cat tour as a joke, but now he's been doing it five years in a row. <laughs> Obviously, it's not for everybody, but the people who love it really love it. Some of the owners even bring their cats outside so the folks can pet their pussycat. It also features a bunch of historic houses too, which is kind of nice. So I guess if you are uh, someone that loves cats and architecture, you might call it kind of a, it's basically Coachella. <laughs> you know? 
you know? I mean, one woman who shows up this year said that the best part is that you can get to meet other cat people. Of course, if you're a cat person, you want to meet other cat people. I mean, in general, I guess this woman thinks that there should be a lot more cat-related things for people to do. I don't know. But here's an attendee and one of the organizers talking about the cat tour of Minneapolis. Well, he likes cats. And I told him where I was going, and he asked if he could come too. So I said, well, you have to come. Good to get back out there walking around the neighborhood looking at cats after last year. Last year's tour was virtual, so we didn't have a big turnout. But it's, it's good to get back out there. Well, there's one cat that is not very popular in a neighborhood. And that cat, well, kind of a tiger cat, you would see in your Winnie the Pooh TV shows and movies, right? Tigger, right? Well, there's a woman on TikTok, well, who went viral because she posted a home security camera footage of a neighborhood Karen telling her that she didn't like her cat. She didn't like her Tigger. Now, her Tigger was on one of those flags that you mount from the porch, you know? Yeah, Tigger, the lovable little T-I-double-G-er, right? From Winnie the Pooh. Well, the Daily Dot publishes the story from a TikTok post that was posted from at TizzyBusy92, or otherwise known as Ambrosia, showing this older white Karen knocking on the front door to offer her unsolicited opinion of her Tigger flag. Here's the doorbell cam conversation between the homeowner and that nosy neighbor. I want to talk about this Tigger's flag. Okay. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, why not? I thought the American flag was real nice. Uh-huh. But now, I don't like that. Oh, okay, I didn't hang that. My brother hung that. This well, I know. I'm just I'm just telling you, I don't like it. Okay. And we have rules. This isn't a homeowner's association, though. I'm just saying, I don't like it. All right. It makes it look tacky. It doesn't, but it's okay. You're allowed your opinion. I'm going to find out about it. All right. Well, you have a good day. And the viewers, they weren't buying this either. What's tacky is walking up to someone's house just to tell them you don't like about something. That's what one user commented. Others commented or actually commended Ambrosia for handling the situation so calmly. One said, you handled that so well. She was looking for an argument and you ruined her day by not giving it to her. Several people actually understandably wanted to see the Tigger flag that uh, this Karen found to be so offensive because it wasn't actually seen in the door cam video. So Ambrosia revealed in a follow-up TikTok post what the flag looked like. Now, it was here's what this offensive Tigger flag looked like, okay? It was showing Tigger picking daisies on a blue background. A lot of folks said it was kind of cute. For me, I wouldn't put it up in my house because... Well, I'm not that kind of a cat person, but I do like Tigger. You know, I'm, 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 Tigger's probably my favorite character from Winnie the Pooh, but not picking daisies. I mean, come on. I don't know. Anyway, I, I guess if I, had, if I had that many flags of Tigger, I'd spend my day just hiding in the bathroom. Actually, um, that's a problem for one wife. I, I don't think you should have to rush yourself in the bathroom, but... I guess this is a bit excessive. I know people that do take a long time in the bathroom. You know, there's a joke about this uh, little boy who goes to a Sunday school class and the Sunday school teacher asks, what, do you know where God lives? And the little boy raises his hand and says, oh, I know where God lives. God lives in our bathroom. And the teacher, mortified, she goes, why on earth would you think God lives in your bathroom? He says, because my mom is always banging on the door saying, my God, are you still in there? 
<laughs> this is a bit excessive. There's a woman on Reddit. It says her husband spends, you ready for this? Four hours a day hiding out in the bathroom. Now, my dad would spend an unusual amount of time in the bathroom, usually after dinner. And you didn't go to that side of the house when he was in the bathroom. But he would sit up there and he'd read the paper, read some magazines, you know, this kind of thing, and do his business. Well, this woman is just sick of four hours a day hiding in the bathroom. Now, she doesn't think he has issues in there. It just sounds like he just enjoys some alone time. You know, plays games on the phone, this kind of thing. She says he even takes 45 minutes to pee sometimes. <laughs> the whole thing came to a head when it happened at a restaurant. He went to the bathroom and, well, they all ordered dinner. And he was still in there when the food came. So she ate her food alone, paid half the bill, and left without him. Now he's ticked off because she wasn't patient enough. Hmm, is that all he's doing in the bathroom? I don't know. I'm not going to go there. But you can draw your own conclusions. You know, there was a guy that I remember when I was in high school. I was on a choir tour. And we would stop to all these various places to sing at churches and whatnot, you know. But we would always usually, um, you know, go to the mall, sometimes have a day off. And there was this one dude that was in our church youth choir. And I can guarantee you, everywhere we stopped, he would be the first person off of the bus, off the church bus, and he would be heading to the bathroom every single night. He would take his little kit with him. He would come out smelling like aqua velva or Old Spice or something. The guy spent, I'm, I'm thinking maybe this, I don't know. It could be the same problem. I, I don't know. Anyway, hmm. maybe they need an ankle monitor for this guy to monitor what he's doing in the bathroom. I don't know. But it does kind of make sense, uh, you know, to rob banks if you want to go where all the money is. Uh, and uh, I don't know why this might be your thing. But uh, there's a guy wearing an ankle monitor in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, who broke into a bunch of businesses, and all of them were ice cream shops. And in the span of a few days, this guy breaks into eight different ice cream places, steals the money. Now, it's not clear if he stole any ice cream, but a cop spotted him one night. They tracked him down a few days later. His name is Cameron Harris. He's 25 years old. They release him on bond with an ankle monitor to track his movements until his trial. And, well, this is where it gets really stupid. Once he was out, he robbed three more ice cream shops. The GPS on the ankle monitor showed that he was at all three stores when the break-ins happened. So they arrested him again. And now he's facing charges for robbing 11 ice cream shops instead of eight. <laughs> this guy totally messed up his life. I'll tell you that. All these ice cream shop break-ins have really put him on a... <clears throat> Rocky Road. <laughs> News reporters have really hopped on this story pretty quickly, too. You might say they had the inside scoop. Sorry, I, I had to do it. I had to do it, okay? One reporter, though, was in a rather awkward position, okay? Uh, there was a pickup truck that was launching a motorboat into Lake Springfield, Illinois. Well, it was caught on camera as it slid into the water and completely sank. And it was going on all during a live news report. Reporter for WCIS, Jacob Emerson, was reporting on this proposed project to build a second artificial lake in the area. When this white GMC Sierra uh, picks, uh, or backs up down the, you know, the boat ramp and the driver gets out to release the boat that it was towing from its trailer. So when the crew alerts him, that became the story. 
Now, nobody was in the truck and there was no injuries, thankfully. But for water rights groups here in Springfield, they argue that it's a waste of taxpayer money and it'll destroy thousands of acres of wildlife. Bro. <gasps> um, get this on camera. That's rough. <laughs> Did you get it on camera? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in the video, the truck can be seen behind Emerson slowly sliding into the water itself and getting completely submerged within 25 seconds. Like I said, no injuries. The local officials say the Spalding Dam slip poses a unique challenge. It was coated in a slippery layer of algae. So the city's going to investigate the incident to determine exactly what happened and if any changes need to be made to the boat launch. I would say maybe it does. <laughs> so um, that would be terrifying, though, to see your, your pretty truck slowly sink into the lake. Well, how would you react to seeing a bunch of kangaroos running up to you? Emily Kenny was in Cape Bridgewater in Victoria, Australia, hoping to spot some seals. But uh, after she parked her car, the 27-year-old was then confronted by a pack of nearly 20 joeys. <laughs> she caught the whole thing on camera and says in the video, just in case I die, there's a stampede of kangaroos coming toward me. Can you imagine that on your obituary? Yeah, she was killed by a stampede of kangaroos. I <laughs> don't know about that. Oh, my gosh. She runs quickly to compose herself, okay, and then hides in some, in some bushes nearby, and she's recording this the whole time with all these kangaroos making their way toward her. But the animals ended up bouncing over a nearby fence after getting a bit startled. Thankfully, there were no injuries, but it sure sounded pretty interesting. Just in case I die here, there's a stampede of kangaroos coming for me. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Alright, 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 alright. I'm just gonna like hide in the cliff here. If I get kangaroo kicked to the face. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> Nothing like being mowed down by a herd of kangaroo, but what about being mowed down or maybe burned alive by a car shooting flames? I, I need one of these cars when I'm behind some of these idiots that are being stupid on the highway. There was a Russian hot rod enthusiast that showed off his latest custom vehicle. And this is real. It's a car that shoots jets of fire from its headlights. <laughs> his name is Vehan McGaland. He's a mechanic whose previous creations include a car that walks on eight legs instead of wheels. He says he used a VAZ 2106 Ziguli, commonly known as a Lada 1600, to create his latest custom car, which he dubs the Dragon. Now, uh, McKaylin shared this video on Reddit showing the headlight uh, flamethrowers launching jets of fire, throwing fire at a distance of about 20 feet. I need one of these cars. I mean, McKaylin uh, said that uh, he's planning an event that'll feature another car literally being set on fire by his dragon. I don't know, whatever you do, though, don't hit the high beams. <laughs> I mean, generally, when you see flames coming from your headlights, the check engine light goes on. I don't know. But the only thing that would make this car even more rockin' would be when he's shooting the 20-foot fire flames out of the headlights. He's got a cranking stereo inside, blasting, breaking the law, breaking the law. Everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and frankly, I would love to hear about it. 
Now, if you got a great story from your stupid world, or if you want to respond to one of my stupid stories, let me hear from you. Contact me at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. Or if you have a question, maybe a comment about something that I've said or that you've heard. Or if you want to tell of some of your own firsthand experiences of stupidity that you've encountered, I'd love to hear from you, too. You can record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com. I might even actually use your feedback on an upcoming episode. Of course, if you haven't done so already, and frankly, I fail to see why you haven't, you should follow me on social media on Facebook or on Twitter, just by searching out the handle at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. And now, from the news desk of Insane Eric Lane, it's the Week in Review. And in this week's Insane Week in Review... Well, the president has nominated Deborah Lipstadt, the, who's a professor of modern Jewish history and Holocaust studies at Georgia's Emory University, to serve as a special envoy to monitor and combat anti-Semitism. <clears throat> yes. Now, as her first assignment will be in the House of Representatives, uh, Lipstadt has previously slammed Representative Ilhan Omar for criticizing Israel. But, well, Omar is being very supportive, even congratulated her by sending her a big honey-baked ham. A new survey shows that only half of adults actually know what carbon footprint means. These are the same people who think go green means uh, start smoking marijuana. I don't know, the same survey which asked 2,000 people about their attitudes toward climate change discovered that three-quarters of the respondents agree climate change is an existential threat to future generations. On a disaster scale of one to Joe Biden's presidency, climate change is probably a seven or an eight. A new study claims vaccinated people can carry as much virus as others. They're also more likely to spread the virus because, well, they never closed their mouth and stopped talking about how they've been vaccinated. Three visitors to the world's largest Titanic museum in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, have been hospitalized after an iceberg wall collapsed. I mean, look, I, I want to tell a Titanic joke here, but I'm afraid that I'll sink to a new low. I mean, going to this museum on a first date sure would, well, would have got the ball rolling. I mean, talk about an icebreaker. <clears throat> okay. well, the people of Tennessee were totally stunned. I mean, they haven't seen a collapse like this since the Titans' last playoff run. In a new episode of Disney's Muppet Babies, the character Gonzo dresses as a princess to promote transgenderism. It's no wonder Gonzo is confused about his gender. I mean, how would you feel if your penis was on your nose? The hair and makeup professional for Lily James, who is playing Pamela Anderson in the new Hulu miniseries, Pam and Tommy, has said that it took three to five hours daily to make James look like Pam. And that was just getting her fake boobs to look right. You know, well, anyway, the British actress really does have an uncanny resemblance to a young Pam Anderson, Critics are already giving her two erections way up. A Florida judge has ordered that the video of Patriots owner Robert Kraft receiving sexual services at a massage parlor be destroyed. Those who've seen it say it's the most horrifying Patriots footage since they've ever witnessed since the last season's highlight reel. President Joe Biden called for the New York Governor Andrew Cuomo to resign, 
Following a damning new report from the state attorney general's office that alleged Cuomo sexually harassed 11 women, including state employees, Cuomo is definitely considering resignation. Well, in fact, at this point, he has already resigned or says he's going to resign. But I guess he was, at, you know, for a while, they're just feeling things out. Cuomo needs to understand, though, that we're not going to turn the other cheek. He'll just grab that one, too. I don't know about all of you, but I'm kind of excited to read Cuomo's upcoming book about his office etiquette. If, if Andrew Cuomo has to leave office, though, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a pretty... I think he could be... He, he is, is, if he's, what, he's, he's resigning in 14 days, I think, now. I think he's going to have a great new career as a raunchy stand-up comic. The governor of New York is taking his act on the road. This fall, check out live and on stage, Andrew Dice Cuomo. Hickory dickory duck. I inappropriately talked to my staffer about my... Andrew Cuomo will soon be quitting his day job. But once you see his stand-up comedy, you'll almost wish he hadn't. This chick says, you're making me feel uncomfortable. I'm like, hey, I feel the same way when people bring up nursing homes. If you thought Louis C.K. was cringy, then you haven't seen anything yet. Andrew and Jill went up the hill, both with a buck and a quarter. Jill came down with five mil for her harassment settlement. The Dice Man Cuomo pulls no punches and takes no prisoners. Joe Biden says I should step down. Hey, Joey B, you're the last guy who should be talking about steps. You fell up a staircase. Andrew Dice Cuomo, coming to a comedy club or a state correctional facility near you. Good night, everybody. The Dice Cuomo needs to go and lawyer up. Oh! Lindsay Boylan, the first woman to accuse Cuomo of sexual harassment, is suing him in court following a report by the attorney general. Now, this report on Cuomo was a big deal because, uh, well, up to now, the whole scandal was a he said, she said, she said, she said, she said, she said. You know, she, oh, she said, yeah. Cuomo is still claiming the unwanting touching was part of his Italian heritage. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say nobody is making that Olive Garden commercial yet. Yeah, come on down to the Olive Garden. We'll grope you and ask you to play strip poker just like in the old country. Well, long story short, Cuomo just needs to stop trying to share his breadstick. CNN continues to face criticism for allowing Chris Cuomo to host his primetime show without ever mentioning his brother's scandals. Kind of looks really bad, you know, because his brother is the biggest story in the news and Chris spent his entire show talking about vaccine mandates. Well, typical Cuomo. I mean, trying to inject something without consent. <laughs> CNN is suggesting Cuomo take a leave of absence while the story kind of plays itself out. But like his brother, Andrew is still filling things out, you know. According to new research, the number of twins being born in the U.S. has increased by more than 70% over the past three decades. Meanwhile, the number of Minnesota twin fans has decreased by about that same exact amount. With more twins in the world, though, future dating is definitely going to be a whole lot easier. Because if you think one is good-looking but kind of a jerk, you can just give the other one a shot. A new study claims men who ejaculate 21 times a month have a lower risk of prostate cancer. So, see, you're not a degenerate. You're just practicing self-care. Sounds like the doctors might start prescribing something other than those harsh drugs for patients with prostate health concerns. I'm concerned about prostate health, but don't want to take any harsh drugs. Now you don't have to with Once Daily Spanking It. 
just a few minutes is all it takes to promote a healthy prostate. I've been using spanking it for as long as I can remember. And now, so does my son. Almost done in there, sport? Dad! Ask your doctor if spanking it is right for you. Side effects include blindness, hairy palms, carpal tunnel syndrome, and a shortage of clean socks. With spanking it, preventing prostate disease is up to me and me alone. Spanking it. Finally, the solution to prostate health is in your hand. Former President Barack Obama scaled down his controversial 60th birthday mega bash in Martha's Vineyard, citing the spread of the coronavirus's Delta variant. Obama's spokesman says due to the new spread of the Delta variant over the past week, the president and Mrs. Obama have decided to significantly scale back the event to include only family and close friends. So the former president, you know, he pulls no punches as he's now explaining his decision to cancel the party in a rare post-presidential address. Uh, this is former President Barack Obama with some words about cancel culture. I'm talking about the culture of anti-vaxxers forcing me to cancel my 60th birthday bash. Oprah was supposed to be there. Oprah! I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the guy who gave Oprah COVID. I had to tell George Clooney to stay home, and he was bringing his tequila. We can't do a shot of Casamigos because a bunch of idiots won't do a shot of Pfizer. Sucks. <sighs> anyway, if there's one silver lining, it's that I had an excuse to uninvite Hunter Biden. That kid's a creep, always asking people to go out to his car with him. <laughs> Yay! Happy birthday to me! I mean, if he's only inviting people that he really cares about, I guess Joe Biden's invitation got revoked, right? Well, nevertheless, the event went off without a hitch and also without a mask. Rapper Trap Beckham and manager T.J. Chapman posted exclusive photos from that party that show a large crowd flouting social distancing rules. But the nice thing is, though, if you get sick at the Obama party and you like, you know, you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it turns out uh, when Democrats said we're all in this together, they meant the party tent. And Barack Obama's former senior advisor, Valerie Jarrett, posted a tweet asking people to donate toward his $500 million presidential library in Chicago. Uh, this is what Obama meant by hope and change. More like hope and vimno, vim, vimno mo, or whatever they call that. I mean, there's some controversy over the museum's location in Jackson Park. It's not the first time this has happened. You know, I mean, Bill Clinton wanted his library to be located at Hooters. Luckily, though, Trump's museum won't be this pricey because it's all tweets. And Biden, well, it's just scratch and sniff books. The Chinese government released a statement slamming comments by U.S. congressmen that there is a preponderance of evidence showing the coronavirus originated in a Wuhan lab. The Chinese government absolutely can't stand it when people tell the truth. A spokesperson for China's foreign ministry department said the relevant report totally based on the concocted lies and distorted facts without providing any evidence is not credible or scientific. And let's face it, I mean, if anybody knows about concocted lies and distorted facts, it's the spokesperson for the Chinese foreign ministry. And a new Six Flags roller coaster is promising to offer the world's steepest dive. That's because the track was modeled after a graph of the CNN ratings. Spirit Airlines continues to cancel flights due to staffing issues and logistical challenges posed by the pandemic. And as a result, millions of Americans will have to find a new way to realize they're not successful in life. I mean, let's be honest. Flying Spirit is not coach. It's 
more like assistant coach. The tickets are cheap, but they'll charge you for everything. The pilot is like your seatbelt can be used as a flotation device for a one-time fee of $19.95. <laughs> now, you know you're on a bad airline whenever the pilot puts out a tip cup. Of course, in a previous episode, you know, I talked about an incident where a passenger on a flight from Philadelphia to Miami got way too drunk and started ranting that his family's rich and eventually had to be duct taped to his seat. Well, that actually isn't so bad, but on Spirit Airlines, they use duct tape to hold the wings together. Stories about drunk and unruly airline passengers constantly are in the news these days, you know. Well, now there's a new airline that's uh, out now just for all of the losers who just can't handle their booze. Travelers have many choices in airlines, but if you're a passenger who chooses to fly while blackout blotto, choose Amateur Hour Airlines. The airline for lightweights who can't handle their booze. Now boarding Amateur Hour Airlines, flight four loco, with service to Los Angeles, with a stopover in Cleveland to arrest most of you. Once you stumble aboard, you'll be duct taped to your seat by one of our flight attendants whose boob you just tried to grab. And unlike other airlines, we don't provide air sickness bags because we know you prefer to barf all over your Ed Hardy t-shirt. And no restrooms either, because we can see and smell that you already peed your pants while passed out at the gate. For an unforgettable flight you'll never remember, the choice for unruly passengers is Amateur Hour Airlines. But don't take our word for it. Listen to this faced customer. You can someone Can someone please duct tape his mouth? Thanks. There's a new report that shows Google fired dozens of employees for misusing people's private data. And when they say private data, they do mean private data. Mm -hmm. So delete those pics, folks. And even after something like this, nobody still will use Bing. On a one-poll survey found that former Jeopardy! champion Ken Jennings is the favorite to succeed the late Alex Trebek as host of the show but they still need to count the mail-in ballots, I guess. Producer Mike Richards comes in second in the poll. I mean, in any event, it is nice to see someone in Jeopardy besides Andrew Cuomo. And a Quinnipiac poll found 54% of Americans don't expect Joe Biden to run for president in 2024. Of course, it's not surprising, given the fact he didn't really run in 2020. The dude was home every day. 
there were more Elvis sightings than Biden sightings during the campaign. I mean, the Quinnipiac poll also found 99% of the voters don't even know how to spell Quinnipiac. It's actually a Native American word. It means autocorrect. New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez continues to face criticism for putting a mask on for a photo op, then promptly removing it immediately afterwards. Of course, in her defense, AOC thinks that you catch the Delta variant from flying commercial. She was one of those people who switched to Dos Equis when she heard about the coronavirus. And a musician named Big Lux went to a Connecticut aquarium and played the violin outside America's largest Bagula whale exhibit. The second largest, you know, is a Wendy's in Memphis, Tennessee. An 80-year-old Rolling Stone drummer, Charlie Watts, pulled out of the band's tour to undergo a medical procedure in London. I know this is a shock because, you know, drummers aren't known for pulling out. A lot of people are shocked to hear the Stones are still touring at their age. Of course, they've, you know, changed their songs up a little bit. You know, Brown Sugar is now Brown Splenda, and Get Off My Cloud is Get Off My Lawn! And, of course, Start Me Up is Help Me Up. <laughs> Bill Gates told CNN it was a mistake to meet Jeffrey Epstein. And, right as he said it, both of CNN's viewers nodded their heads in agreement. Well, not only did it damage Gates' marriage, but after hanging out with Epstein's girlfriends, he wound up buying $2 billion worth of Girl Scout cookies. Scientists now believe that the Amazonian tribe that lives in the wilderness may hold the key to having a highly healthy brain. Yeah, the key is that they don't use social media. You know, when you spend all day hunting for dinner in the forest, you don't tend to post as many pictures of it on Facebook. An accused New York bank robber who was caught at a TD bank was immediately released under the new state's bail reform laws that allow him to hit two more banks. Isn't that convenient? He's now facing 10 years in prison and a $5 fee from his bank for robbing another bank's ATM. I mean, New York has eliminated bail for most crimes, allowing criminals to pretty much get out immediately. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, I was thinking of maybe vacationing in New York. But now I decided to go somewhere safer, you know, like the Gaza Strip. And Utah Governor Spencer Cox says he got an anonymous letter asking him to change his, quote, foul, dirty last name. Well, give him credit for complaining about Cox. It takes a lot of balls. <laughs> Cox should probably write back and tell the guy he's going to change it to schlong. The Taliban took control of two major cities in Afghanistan ahead of the U.S. troop withdrawal. Of course, you can probably see it on the new HGTV show called Flip This Cave. Of course, I'll bet the Taliban show on HGTV will be called Blower Upper. And a performer at President Obama's birthday party told you they posted pictures of uh, the president dancing with the celebrity guests indoors, maskless. So in other words, President Obama is now a Republican. And uh, Obama's celebrity guests, they included, well, what, Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, George Clooney, Jennifer Hudson, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Bradley Cooper, Don Chettle, Dwayne Wade, Bruce Springsteen, Erica Badu, and Stephen Colbert. In fact, there were so many of them, there was barely room for all of their lips to fit on his butt. This genius. I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now this week's genius award. 
We got plenty of geniuses this week, and our Genius Awards are going to one aggressive passenger on a Frontier Airlines flight who got himself duct taped to a seat after allegedly groping two flight attendants and assaulting another. Cell phone footage shows the accused frisky flyer, 22-year-old Maxwell Barry, being duct taped to the back of a seat in a Frontier flight from Philadelphia to Miami, where he was arrested by awaiting cops on three counts of battery. You guys suck! My parents are worth $2 million damn dollars. The video shows also Barry scuffling with a male flight attendant and yelling profanities while sitting in a window seat. Now the arrest report alleges Barry ordered two drinks and then asked for another before brushing his empty cup against the backside of a female flight attendant. The flight attendant told Barry, don't touch me before he started to complain about his uh, gum and wrapped it in a napkin. Barry proceeded to spill his new drink on his shirt, prompting him to go to the bathroom and then come out shirtless. He then walked across the plane for about 15 minutes before groping the chest of two flight attendants. Barry later punched a male flight attendant who was asked to watch him following the in-flight chaos. After being duct taped to his seat, though, the plane did land in Miami and Barry was arrested. Look, you can't just go around groping flight attendants. I mean, who who does he think he is? A frontier pilot after a few cocktails? You know, he was drinking and seemed to get sexually excited on the plane. Man, I guess you could say he might have got a he might have got a mile high chub. And then there's the Florida woman who's facing multiple charges after police say they took off uh, that 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 they took her off of a plane at a Rapid City Regional Airport in South Dakota because she was exposing herself and becoming unruly. Now, according to police, an officer at the airport was notified of a disruptive passenger who was exposing herself to others on the plane. The officer told the 41-year-old Misty Justice Watkins of Daytona Beach Shores that he would escort her off the plane. So police said that when she pulled away and kicked the officer, additional officers arrived to take her off out, out of the airport. Now she's facing charges of disorderly conduct, indecent exposure, assaulting a law enforcement officer, and unlawful occupancy. Of course, no word on what body parts she exposed, but I have a feeling everybody saw a couple of flotation devices, you know. Although, you know, maybe she had an emotional support pussycat out in the open. Or how about the man in Florida who spent several days trying to fish out a spiny-tailed iguana that he found out of his toilet? He called the experts to try to remove the lizard, uh, Kurt Hillerberth, first discovered this reptile thrashing about in his toilet when he went to the bathroom at his house in Hollywood, Florida, to brush his teeth. Now, after encouragement from his family, Hilberth wore protective gloves and, well, went to try to fish the beast out of the commode, but it kept swimming back down so he couldn't, couldn't be caught. He nearly caught it three days later. He says, I was able to grab him by the back legs and part of his tail. I was pulling out and he was pulling in. The tail was going back and forth. Water was flying everywhere. It was total chaos inside the small bathroom, he told WFOR-TV. Unfortunately, well, I was left with merely a handful of tail. The lizard swam back down the toilet out of reach and after the tail broke off and of Hillebreth's hand, which, by the way, was still wiggling when he moved it outside. He then decided it was probably time to call the experts to remove the reptile. Trapper Harold Rondon from the Iguana Lifestyles placed a stick in the toilet and was later able to grab the creature and removed it after it crawled onto the stick. 
Hilberth believes the lizard crawled into his toilet through the sewage vent stack on his house roof, so he goes and fastens some metal mesh to prevent it from happening again. But you'd think this guy had prostate problems, you know? And I say that because he had a tough time draining the lizard. But we've all been there, you know? I mean, seriously, who hasn't had something backing up in the toilet for at least a few days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're lying if you say you haven't had a multiple day toilet issue such as this one. Okay, I mean after all, we've all had Taco Bell at least once in our lives. And what about this? A 28 year old drunken Oregon motorist whose blood alcohol content was measured at more than nine times the legal limit, apparently a U.S. record has now been sentenced to 13 months in prison for his inebriated antics. Nathan Danzuka recently pled guilty to DUI, reckless driving, and fleeing charges in a connection with a hit-and-run accident and subsequent police chase earlier in the year in Madras, which is a city about 125 miles southeast of Portland. Danzuka was arrested after crashing his Ford Explorer into a concrete barrier. Police reported finding several alcoholic beverage containers inside the SUV. Now, Danzuka was transported to a local hospital. They took a blood sample. It showed a blood alcohol level of a staggering 0.778, which is more than nine times the 0.08 legal limit. At the time of his arrest, Danzuka was driving on a suspended license due to a prior drunk driving conviction. What do you know? In addition to his 13-month prison term, Danzuka was sentenced to a year probation and had his driver's license suspended for life. Previously, the highest blood alcohol contents reported was 0.72 by an Oregon woman in 2007 and 0.708 by a South Dakota woman back in 2009. I mean, I got to be honest, if you had asked me to guess where the drunkest people live, I'd be betting everything on Florida, Alabama, or Kentucky. <laughs> Way to go, Oregon. Disproving stereotypes one stupid idiot at a time. I mean, just like a jealous man, never allowing a woman to hold any record, accomplishments or successes over him. Dude, seriously, let the ladies keep that one, bro. And you got to check this one out. Maid Marian, hide your eyes. Robin Hood's former hideout is now a haven for naked hikers. A group of naked ramblers have taken to roaming Sherwood Forest in their birthday suits, infuriating locals who have started a petition to have the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds, which runs the park, to stop promoting nudity. Robert Robinson, who organized the petition, claims he recently saw a group of 12 naked men frolicking in the forest near Robin Hood's main hideout, the 1,000-year-old major oak tree. Every day in good weather, nudists can be seen. The police state it is an offense if we find it offensive, which we do. Robinson added that with the nicer weather in England, the nudists have been coming out more regularly and need to be discouraged. I've walked in this area for 18 years since June 2020, and there are so many naked men walking around, it's intimidating and alarming, wrote another petition signer, Lynn Manjewanga. She says that when we challenged a guy not sticking to the rules and not covering himself, he suggested we read the welcome to naturist sign from the RS. SPB, which states if we don't want to see naked people to go elsewhere. 
Well, Peter Wright from the British Naturism told the BBC the petition discriminates against a minority and its author has shown disrespect in publishing it. We have the freedom to do what we want to do and we don't want to be in people's faces. Go into the high streets or urban areas, he says. Naturism is about being in nature and being naked is quite natural and quite normal. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, to see Sherwood. Yeah, come to Sherwood. Yeah, right. Hey, all you uh, marketing people, just call me for consultations, okay? Yeah, we sure would. Yeah, never mind. Twelve naked men frolicking. Kind of sounds like the plot for a really twisted Disney story. Or a typical Tuesday at Elton John's house. And you'll never believe this one. A Los Angeles Dodgers ball girl might have made the play of the game when she tackled a fan who ran out on the field mid-ball game. The Dodgers were winning convincingly 6-1 to one against the crosstown rivals, the Angels, when a naked guy, a streaker, stormed onto the field. Leading security on a wild chase across the diamond in the outfield, out-juking some of the staff to wild cheers from the fans. But... Not so fast. As the fan approached the foul line, a ball girl tackled him, forcing him to flip over the wall and prompting a huge, oh, from the crowd. But then the video shows the fan, trailed by a swarm of security close behind, run into foul territory in right field where he was presumably trying to make his escape over the wall and back into the stands. The video shows that he was immediately apprehended. Sports fans on social media just love the play, likening the takedown to a football tackle and suggesting the team sign her up. This hashtag Dodgers ball girl is not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need, tweeted L.A. sport journalist Michael Duarte. Ball girl sent him over the wall like this was arena football, said Brian Ford, uh, Floyd. I, I really hope the Los Angeles Dodgers were really taking notes here, folks. I mean, after all, they're not used to seeing someone make a big play in the outfield. <laughs> You know, and the, the, the people of Los Angeles, they're not used to this either. I mean, usually whenever they hear the word ball and girl in the same sentence, they usually assume the story is referring to Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, and then there's one more here, an Ohio man. He's been arrested after causing a disturbance at the Easton Town Center AMC movie theater. He was a 25-year-old named Benjamin Pendleton, who was arrested and now faces a misdemeanor charge of inducing a panic. Police say they received reports of an active shooter around 5.54 p.m. However, Columbus, Ohio, Police Sergeant James Fuqua said that there were no shots fired in the theater. Fuqua attributed the initial erroneous reports of shots being fired to young people fleeing the theater in panic. Because the young people, he says, who were inside yelling uh, this uh, as they were coming out, the word spread very quickly. Fuqua was saying that uh, Pendleton entered the theater toward the end of the showing of the Suicide Squad movie and ran to the back of the theater and began screaming, I am king of this blanking town, screamed obscenities and all kinds of other things. Pendleton then reached into a bag that he was carrying, and that caused everybody in the theater to go panic and go running out. Some movie patrons leaped over a railing, suffered minor injuries. Otherwise, no other injuries were reported. But as a precaution, all the stores and restaurants in the area were evacuated, like the AMC Theater, H&M, the Cheesecake Factory. I mean, the people that were in the theater were, I mean, incredibly upset. I mean, mainly because they kind of wished he'd gotten there earlier so they'd have an excuse to leave. Kind of a sad situation, you know, but everybody is just happy that this viewing of the Suicide Squad didn't lead to a movie theater employees calling the Homicide Squad. Yeah. 
it all ended happily ever after, I guess. Anyway, there are these are all real stories, folks, and I've got links to them, and I'll put some of them in the Eric Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel, so you can read them, comment, share them, whatever. You can head over to this website, t.me slash insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-L-E. You can pre preview the channel, then download the Telegram app from the little button right there, and you can put it on your desktop device, your mobile device, and by all means, please share this podcast with people because I know you thought at one point in your life you've done something really stupid and I know everybody else feels the same way. So sharing this podcast will make us all feel much better about ourselves. Don't forget the other episode that comes up on the weekend with Pancho Guerro, my insane Florida nephew. We got even more stupid stories from Florida and beyond, and we'll engage in another round of the insane game show. You know, I'm telling you, the more you listen to this stuff, the more stupidity can be addicting. So make sure you punch that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so you can get your stupid fix and have new episodes delivered as soon as they're published. And if you uh, would be so kind and your uh, podcast app will allow, uh, why don't you uh, give us a five-star rating? Because some of the stupidity is five stars. It really is. I mean, this is five-star stupidity here, people. And if you're really, really nice and want to even be even more stupid, write some kind of a stupid review. That always makes it good. And if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, for some reason, I guess there's just the stupidity level is that much greater. I don't know, but it will get people to maybe listen to the podcast a little more often. And I leave you with one final thought. You know that you're beyond exhausted when you fall asleep with one leg hanging off the bed, not giving a crap what that monster does with it. I know you're probably amazed at the amount of stupidity that's in this world, but you know, somebody has to actually go out and find them and write about them. So there's no way this podcast could be as stupid as it is without the talented writers from some great places like Mr. Laughs Comedy and Large Media, Premier Prep, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and Pulsar Radio, United Stations Radio Network. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane and visit InsaneEricLane.com. And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify. Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.